Long days and pleasant nights to you folks. This week's episode is Cameron Clark, who is an actor, producer, maybe a writer, I'm not sure, but director, certainly. Um, he has his own production company here in the New York of cities called Company of Fools. Uh, he is also a contributor here at our Patreon, and so thank you very much, Cameron. You're good. Um, and we have a nice little chat about um, who he is, what he does, and then also uh, basically um, sobriety. And one of the main reasons is, and I mentioned it in the episode, uh, it's been about a year since I've been sober, and so that's been nice. Um, it's been consistent. My mood has been more consistent, I should say, and um, I have fewer ups and downs, and everything's a little neater, and I've saved a lot of money by switching my insurance to GEICO, but no. Um, though, yeah, um, so you should, if you want to talk to someone about that, you know, there's a an organization at the beginning of the phone book that's pretty good. Um I'd like to thank Billy Conaham for use of his track, obviously. Um, and it's also Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, ironically enough, I was not aware of this until May the 1st. So um, be active. If you like the show, please spread it around. I mean, like, it's got to be, it's a good month to, like, share it with people. And also, if you need anything, reach out. And um, if you want to make a physical contribution, um, we have t-shirts for sale at teespring.com. Look, look up positive and negative, and all the proceeds go to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. So that's a good thing you could do with your money and time. Um, anything else? Just, you know, hit me up on my mobile. And please enjoy this conversation with Cameron Clark. To be that is the question. Uh -huh. I think therefore I am a legend. It's 24-7, 365. Parents <laughs> advise discretion with thoughts like mine. Uh -huh. Empires fall. You should know that these walls only up for protection. For protection. World on guard, got them all on the edge. Walls at eight feet, barely balance the tension. Raising the heat, I could leave any second. Fall to the street and be home by 11. Do an interview with KP on the session and laugh when he asks if it's passion or an obsession. Yes, the point I'm at, there's no difference. Oh well, oh well. Hey, Cameron. Hey there. Hi. Um, you are an actor and a producer. Do you do any writing? I do. I do some writing. Yeah. Um, okay. Lately, it's been hit or miss with the writing. Okay. But, you know, um, when I have the time, I try to crank something out, even if I end up canning it. You know? Okay. Yeah. I feel like it's just a good exercise to like learn how to express yourself somehow. Yeah. 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 Um, and you run a company and give us money to promote the company on the podcast. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? It's sure. Yeah. I company of a, Fools, right? Yeah. I just, we just formed, I, so I just formed Company of Fools, um, a theater and eventually multimedia production company. Um, we became a thing in January of this year and produced our first full-length production in March. 
which awesome. was True West. Um, and it went well, and we, we, you know, we've got some spare change left over, so we're looking at the next thing, right? That's ideal. Yeah. yeah. Anyone who can close under time and under budget <laughs> should continue working in the business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and how did that go? I'm okay. I've I have a, a production company, obviously, but I've never done like established work. And how did how, what's that process like? Yeah, so it, it's different from doing like you know I work with a lot of people who do outdoor Shakespeare. Um, that's a little bit less monetarily taxing. I would imagine simply because of the the fact that he's been dead for four hundred years. Um, Thank God for that, right? Right. right. Yeah. Um, but you know, there, I mean, yeah, there's obviously a monetary difference when you're talking about like contemporary playwrights. Um, but other than that, also there's very specific rules. Once you pay for the rights, there's still specific rules that you have to follow. Like you can't change the script at all. You can't make cuts. You can't change the genders of the characters without consulting the playwright first. Um, Mm -hmm. and many playwrights, We'll be like, no. (laughs) That is why uh, Patrick Stewart played opposite Ian McKellen in Waiting for Godot as opposed to Dame Judi Dench. Oh, really? They contacted Sam Beckett's estate, and they're like, like, fuck no. Can't do that. No, there's a prostrate joke. Are you kidding me? No. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so that's interesting. I mean, I'm going through the process again right now because I'm trying to get the rights to a play that I've been wanting to do for a while. Uh Um, And... um, they're like I was. I was like, I want to cast two women instead of two men, mm-hmm. and they kind of went radio silent on me after that. <laughs> and I haven't heard from them, so I gotta keep bugging them and be like, "Listen, if that's gonna be a problem, I still want to do the play, but like, I'd prefer to do it my way if what, I can." Right? What about one woman and one man? Yeah, I'm gonna start getting into negotiating mm-hmm. tactics with what them What if soon? two yeah. nine non-binary yeah. people? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could you imagine if that was like the neutral on that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, just no gender whatsoever. Right. Um, so where are you from, man? I'm from Virginia originally, okay. Northern Virginia. Um, a small, small town in Northern Virginia, rural area. Okay. Um, in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I've been here in New York for three years. Wow. Three years now. So. Cool. Um, every so often, uh, a sir will come out still. Or a ma'am. Yeah. They'll still sneak out every so often. Yeah. Um, I was in an audition the other day, like a pretty important audition, and I was like talking to the guy, and he goes, so where are you from? I said, Virginia, sir. And I was like, <laughs> hence the sir. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, I like that myself, but I also say myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like I think that's. I, I don't know. As someone who's also like, hey, work, I work in the service industry. I'm like, I throw that around as much as possible because yeah. yeah. you don't want people to get angry with you. Yeah. But, um, Some people get angry anyway, though. Some people yeah. are like, don't fucking call me, sir. I'm like, excuse me, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I had a manager that was like, it makes me uncomfortable when you call me, sir. I'm like, look, dude, you're like <laughs> above me in the ranks. What do you want me to call you? Sorry, bro. Yeah. He, he also would... The way he would ask things would be, my bad, can you do this? Yeah. I was like, you can just tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm just... I work for you. Yeah. Growing up in Virginia, and how did you start doing theater? Because that's your MO, right? Yeah, mostly theater. Um, some new media web series stuff, but mostly theater for right now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I got started, I mean, you know, it's a typical story. Like in middle school, I got cast in Tom Sawyer Jr. <laughs> as, get this, Injun Joe. Oh, no. Yeah. 
and they painted my face too. Oh which no! Was, uh, thinking back on things like that, you're like, God. <laughs> I had no, like, I had no control over this situation, but still I can't help thinking back and being like, God, why didn't anyone stop us? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so I, that was my first show ever. Um, and awesome. uh, from there, I just kind of started doing that. And I grab, I originally was like, oh, I'd love to, like, sing and play guitar and stuff. Oh, yeah? And then I had a shitty guitar teacher oh. in middle school. <laughs> she was just the worst. And so I moved away from it. I was like, I'll take drama one instead. And then it was... That the rest was it. Was history. That was it. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I can get validation just by talking right. rather than playing something wonderful. And I, and I still can't play the guitar. So. <laughs> um. So, because uh, you're like swarthy, but you're not. D- what? What? Uh, what? what I'm what's not. Your background? I'm not white. Yeah. yeah. Are we gonna no. say like you made <laughs> references to it? But I'm like, I yeah. don't. I'm, I'm as a white person, I'm right. uncomfortable asking. Yes. Yeah. You clearly can tell. So my uh, <laughs> my father is from Lexington, Kentucky. Okay. Um, my mother was born in Quito, Ecuador. Okay. Um, and moved here as a very very small child. Okay. Um, so I am first generation American on my mother's side. Oh, cool. Um, my dad's family's been here. They're Irish. They've been here for hundreds of years, but you know, mm-hmm. my my mom's family just got here one generation ago. So cool. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Do you yeah. go to Ecuador? What's that? Do you go to Ecuador? To Haven't visit? been back in a long time, but we're actually going back this summer. We're going in July, which I'm pretty stoked about. i got to brush up on my Spanish again <laughs> Excellent. before we go back. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. It's a beautiful country. Really I know beautiful. nothing about yeah, it. It's gorgeous. They, it, it, it used to be, for lack of better phrasing, a shithole. Mm-hmm. It's a third world country. Mm-hmm. But, like, it used to be much worse off. And then about 10 years ago, I guess, they had the Miss Universe competition there. Okay. And so the <laughs> the president at the time like sent police through the streets to basically like hide the homeless people and like <laughs> they they like killed all the stray animals and stuff and like just hit all the homeless people and stationed like armed guards on the corners and then started mm-hmm. cleaning everything and they just like whitewashed the whole <laughs> the whole capital. I um, just had this image of a bunch of policemen like throwing blankets over <laughs> homeless. Shh, 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 shh. Just embrace the darkness. It's okay. Just don't make any noises and we'll give you a biscuit. Yeah, right, which is kind of a terrible thing, but Mm -hmm. at the same time now it's just the capital is gorgeous. (laughs) (laughs) And I haven't been back in a while, but apparently they have highways and stuff now, which is is crazy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Um, What, like, okay, I have a couple friends from Virginia and Mm -hmm. it's, that's like border, literally borderline Southern, right? Yeah. Depending on where you are in the state, it can be either not Southern at all or incredibly Southern. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's kind of a dividing line between Northern Virginia and the rest of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And certainly West Virginia, we're glad they're not part of our state anymore. (laughs) Yes. Oh, what you mean with all the opioid addicts and uh, the poor, the coal miners? What? No. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely parts of Southern Virginia where if you get down that far south in Virginia, you're like, am I in Birmingham, Alabama? Where am I? Yeah, it's, it's kind of wild. It's, and it's a huge fucking state. Yeah. So it's very, there's a lot of variance in terms of like the kind of people you meet and mm-hmm. like demographic, not only demographically, but politically. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're a blue state now, mm. but that's primarily because of the northern three counties in the yeah. state close to dc yeah <laughs> that that tracks yeah um minnesota's kind of the same way in as much as like we have 
three major cities mm-hmm. and there, you know, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and then where I'm from, Rochester. And it's bizarre that that's now a major city because when we moved there, right. it was such a small town. But because of those three voting blocks, we swing blue. Uh-huh. Everywhere else is like, fuck no, we're farmers. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. And you have a like, you have like a real kid job, though. I do. You have yeah, like a I proper... Do. What? You work for the iBoomins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And International I'm in, yeah. business machine. Yes, sir. Tech industry, all what, that. What do you do? What is, is that what your degree is in? How did you get there? No, my degree is in theater. Okay. Um, I had, uh, both my parents worked for worked in the IT industry for a long time. So that was just kind of where I gravitated to when I was like, I need a job and mm-hmm. I'm an actor so I can sell stuff. Okay. And I was in sales, like I worked in retail sales for most of high school and college so sales was kind of a th- the thing i was leaning toward and my mom was like how about this because i work there and you you know so i'd been hearing the language growing up mm-hmm. and so that's where i gravitated toward and i acted my way through the interview and got the job. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean yeah and you like fly around a lot right i do yeah going to see customers selling what i sell which i won't get into because probably yeah. no one will care and it's pretty boring yeah but <laughs> I, I would I would assume like also confidentiality, but that's yeah. that, you know that too. Um, yeah. Okay, um, and so I mean, um, fuck. No, uh, <laughs> uh, when you're flying around, like, um, and we were talking a bit about this before the interview um, of uh, kind of an up or downy mood kind of thing. When, uh-huh. I have a question for you. Sure. And when you fly. Does your mood change due to travel a lot? Yeah. Um, it, and it really, de- it also fluctuates depending on where I'm traveling to, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Like I that flew is, to, tracks. yeah, I flew to Akron, Ohio mm-hmm. um, two weeks ago and just was miserable <laughs> <laughs> because there's nothing there. No. <laughs> so no, no, no. I was sitting in the hotel room like, and I, I wasn't able to rent a car oh, no. that time because I was only there for the night. So um, I was just sitting there in the hotel like, God, this is, this sucks, man. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, my mood will fluctuate. When I'm in the sky, um, it, I tend to be in a pretty good mood, mm-hmm. actually. It's when like I'm getting on the plane and getting off the plane that I'm like, everybody, get out of my way. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, that, okay, that, that tracks. I mean, is it an anxiety thing or is it um, just the amount of people, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> um, I'm I'm really introverted in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um, in that I like to be around people, but not that many people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I, I, but I live in New York city. Right? Yeah. So like, I like, I like the idea, like the concept of like being in a big city and like, I love New York city. New York mm-hmm. city's fucking awesome, but I don't want to spend too much time in Times Square ever. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time in places like Union Square or like any of the squares really. Yeah. There's too many mm-hmm. fucking people there. And so yeah, exactly. Once mm-hmm. I get once I get into a large group of people, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? I yeah. don't know any of you. Yep. <laughs> Every time I walk through Times Square, I'm like, why do I live here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I visited LA recently and that was one of the major advantages of of it was just knowing that at any point I could just exunt from <laughs> extricate yeah. myself from this massive yeah. crowd of people. Whereas like even here in Brooklyn, you get like at least three people on a block and I'm sure. like, this is too many. 
Yeah. But to contrast that, when I was in Minnesota, I would be walking around and it would be just me. And I was like, if something happens, I'm fucked. Yeah, that too. Yeah, that's that's a thought I have all the time where I'm like, okay, there's... Could I get like one more person? Yeah. <laughs> and them not to be a mugger? Yeah, right. Just one other person in case I choke on my own spit and right. die. Preferably one more person I know like, yeah. pretty well. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, planes are fucking weird. The reason I ask is... Um, and this is a smooth transition till I pointed it out, um, because one of the one of the symptoms of um, being on a on the bipolar spectrum mm-hmm. is it's weirdly enough like east to west travel will affect your mood. Huh. Specifically, like if it's a big travel, like if you go to say like England and then you come back, generally people are either more up or more down than when they oh, left. Oh, yeah, I read that. Uh, I read that a while back. That's yeah, right. It, yeah, it's, it's weird. I don't know why that happens, but like. And if you are on that spectrum at all, I would imagine that like that would be at least moderately annoying. Mm, yeah, yeah, it is. It, it and and that makes sense actually. That mm-hmm. now that I'm thinking about it, my 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 trips out to Vegas mm-hmm. for work, other than the fact that Vegas is fucking awful and soul yeah. sucking. Yes, <laughs> I've heard as much. It is like when I'm leaving Vegas, I'm like, okay, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> so I feel good already, just the fact that I'm leaving Vegas. Mm-hmm. But also on the way there, maybe it's not just the dread of having to go to Vegas, but also the fact that it is east to west. I don't mm-hmm. know. Could be. Yeah. I also heard that east to west travel is linked to your circadian rhythm. Yes. So We're, I don't know what that has to do with it, but uh, I thought I'd throw that out there. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, in... Uh, well, sleep habits are so important to everybody's mood in general and something we don't really think about. Um, and generally, the first thing, when someone's in a really bad mood, you it's so stupid. It's like... Did you kinder, sleep? Did you yeah, sleep did you last sleep? night? Did you eat? Mm-hmm. And it's just like a little kid. You yeah. know, like it's the same thing with Gardner Gardens. Like, do you need a nap? Do you need a juice <laughs> box? Yeah. What do you need? But we're adults, and so we think, we don't need anything. Yeah. I can do it. But like, it's... And the way it's linked to bipolar disorder is the, generally the less sleep you have, um, the generally the the higher your mood gets because sure. it's a weird sort of um, I describe it as like a an immune system. Mm-hmm. So like you're like I have no energy. Where do I? Where am I going to come up with this? Brain goes. Well, I have. An I idea. got some ideas. In fact, I've got seventy four of them <laughs> all at the same time. Here they are. <laughs> Good luck. Um, but yeah, so that. I mean, I can't imagine flying that much. I mean, I don't... I got used to fly. I used to be terrifying. Yeah. Terrified of it. I used to be terrifying. I, <laughs> I, was, just, be terrifying. I was just a massive monster with 17 arms. <laughs> but, um... Uh, <laughs> did you... How was that... Trend? Like, I know, we're just talking about flying. What's yeah, the deal fun. with... But anyway. Um... <laughs> <laughs> weird salad and scrambled eggs. Um, so... Did you have to get over, like flying like were you ever anxious about no, it you know i was never flying never bothered me mm-hmm. um i mean when i was a little baby um it was it my it was like either my first or second birthday my parents f- flew to ecuador okay so we were gonna see family and my my abuela was there at the time so we flew and saw her and i don't remember it obviously but my parents say that Back then, when I was a, like a year old, they were like terrified to take me on a plane because they were sure I was going to wail the whole time like mm-hmm. everybody's baby does on a plane. But from the way they describe it, apparently I was just like, all right, cool. And like went to, <laughs> went to sleep, <laughs> which is crazy to me because I can't sleep on planes now. But mm. 
but no, I've never been anxious about flying. Yeah. The only time I ever get a little anxious is if <laughs> every so often, because I fly a lot, so I've like had a lot of things happen on planes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the one time I got the most anxious on a plane was the pilot. We were landing at LaGuardia, and if you land at LaGuardia, you know that the last like 300 yards or so is all water. Yeah. So you look out the window and you see the water and you're like, oh, we're approaching the runway. Well, this particular occasion, we got like really low. We were about to hit the runway and then all of a sudden we shot back up. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody was like, oh, what the hell's happening? And the the weirdest part was the pilot didn't say anything. (laughs) We just flew back up and started circling again. And the flight attendants were just sitting there. Nobody was saying anything. Oh, and no. Everybody around me was like, what the hell is going on? And I'm trying to be cool. I'm like, I fly all the time. This is probably not a big deal. <laughs> but I'm like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> so then we eventually we circled a couple more times and we landed like normal. And we were starting to go to the gate. And the pilot comes on. He's like, uh, hey, everybody. Uh, sorry about that uh, second approach there. Uh, we were just um, coming in a little close behind the plane directly in front of us. So we had to come back up and take another circle. The tower neglected to inform us us that there was a plane on our runway (laughs) and in my head i was like you know what i'm kind of glad he didn't say that before we were on the ground (laughs) that was that was a wise decision on our pilot's part to save that little morsel for when we had landed could you imagine just hearing over the pa just oopsa doopsa oh fuck (laughs) bean what is that is that a fuck it's a plane is that a plane (laughs) But we're in a plane. <laughs> oh no. Uh. Um <laughs> Do you um as a as an actor and performer, do you get like do you get anxious at all before you step on stage? Because like I've worked with you, you get at least very excited. I yeah, would get you. I get super excited, yeah. yeah. Um but no, I mean I don't really get nervous anymore. I, I am this I think this is pretty universal. I immediately have to pee. Yeah. Right before I go on stage. Yeah. <laughs> no ma- I could have just peed. Yep. But like like seconds ago and then I'm about to go on stage, I'm like, damn it, bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I don't really get the only times I get nervous are if like I know for a fact that someone important is in the audience. Like if my parents are in the audience and it's a show that like I'm a little bit like concerned about the content of, yeah. then I might get nervous. Mm-hmm. But I mean they're pretty progressive people, so it doesn't happen all that often. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I understand that. Um, every time I write a new joke for my stand-up, oh, I'm like, Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Do I show this one to mom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't done stand-up in a long time, but um, mm-hmm. mostly because I, like I said before, I haven't been writing as much, so mm-hmm. like the jokes haven't really been coming. But I was... Uh, the last time I did stand up, I didn't tell my parents about it because yeah. it was like it was very like I wrote all these jokes and then I performed them and then I was like, cool, that's my therapy session for the for the month. So I'm <laughs> I don't need anyone to have seen it. That was just for me because uh-huh. I'm a selfish comedian, <laughs> which is to say I'm a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> There's that um, Robin Williams line about, well, it's cheaper than the Xanax. So that's nice. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I didn't know you did stand up. Yeah, that's because I really don't. Yeah, you just did it <laughs> a time. I've done it a couple times. Okay, and then in, every so often I'll be like, I should probably get back and do some stand up. But then like I book a show or mm-hmm. like I decide I'd rather direct something or you know. yeah. 
I mean, I would say if you don't feel the need to do it, yeah, don't. Yeah. It's kind of like every other artistic yeah, endeavor. Yeah, that's basically what it's come down to. But well, Yeah, I could see you being good at it, though. You got a lot of energy. You're pretty funny. Oh, so. thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you, sir. Um, so... It's at the twenty minute mark, which okay. means we get serious. Uh oh. Here we go. Here we go. Everyone's voice is getting lower. Um but uh and specifically the one of the main reasons I you wanted to come on, and then uh-huh. also the reason I was like, hey, this works out well is um i when this comes out, I'll be in my twelfth month of sobriety. Good for you. Yeah. Um and you wanted to talk about alcohol poisoning. No, um, I did. <laughs> PSA. The PSA. Don't. It can poison you. Yes, it can. I've had a guy, one of my friends growing up actually uh, didn't feel well. So his his decision was this. Um, I don't feel well. I want to make myself vomit. I'm going to drink half a bottle of vodka <laughs> like an idiot and end up in the ER. This sounds like, did this happen in college? It was high school high for school? him. Okay. College for me. Right. Um, and she, it was not so much my friend as my girl at the friend at the time's friend. Uh-huh. And she was very concerned. And I was like, sure. he was an idiot. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, like, you have a finger. You couldn't just stick your finger back there, man? Come on. <laughs> you are doing this for the attention. <laughs> Thank God you have insurance. But um, yeah. anyway, um, so what... So... I started drinking when I was about 18, mm-hmm. but when did you? 18. Yeah? Actually, I didn't drink at all until I got to college. Yeah. Um, and that's that's not entirely fair. I mean, my parents were the kind of parents who were like, at New Year's, I would have a sip of champagne, like mm-hmm. when I was a teenager. Yeah. But like, I was never having beers with dad yeah. when I was 16, you know? Heard. Um because they were like, I mean, it's fucking illegal, dude. Like, you're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and also, 14-year-old kids don't need to be drinking alcohol. No, absolutely not. There's um, so much going on anyway. Yeah. But, you know, like every so often if we had a fancy dinner party or something, I would have a sip of wine or like my dad would let me try his beer or something mm-hmm. when I was a teenager. But no, I never drank a full beer until I was 18. Sure. And the first time I drank a beer, I was like, why do people drink these? These are gross. <laughs> yes. But that was because it was like Rolling Rock or something. Oh, right? man. Because <laughs> we were in college and we were like, what should we get that's cheap and we can drink all of? Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I didn't start till I was 18 either. Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, it escalated pretty quickly. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> was it just like the, you think it was like the, the party atmosphere of college? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Because at first it was like very normal. Like mm-hmm. at first it was, and I'm sure that's how, that's how it starts for a lot of people. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. like this very normal, like we're drinking all the time cause we're in college and we're crazy kids. <laughs> um, and it's, that's what it was for a while. And then there, you know, it, and for, for, for probably most of college, it was fun. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> that sounds about right. For yeah, most of college, for most of was... college, it was fun to be drunk. And yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I've, I mean, I feel like there are people, but, and maybe, no, I wouldn't even say that I was one of them, but where they have their first sip of alcohol and like, oh, well, this will fix all my problems. <laughs> yeah, sure. Where I feel like most of it's like, hey, you know, I'm feeling a little more relaxed and yeah. maybe I'm going to get fucked tonight. Yeah, right? Cool. Yeah. Um, social lubricant. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, where is, that's why whenever anyone says, oh, I'm just a social drinker, I'm like, yeah, but, you know, keep an eye on it, because... <laughs> How social are we going to get tonight? Yeah, tonight man? Yeah. 
And then also, like, uh, even when you're like, oh, I'm a social drinker, I only, you know, like, my my roommate's pretty, Miles is pretty open, like, he, he is a social drinker, like, because he has a lot of social anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but still, at a certain point, that's a dependency in sure. a weird way. Yeah. And, like, he doesn't have any particular problem, but, like, it can easily fall into it. Oh, yeah. Because I think if you're in any sort of anxious have any sort of anxiety um it can quickly turn into like any any substance that gives you relief from that can quickly do that uh-huh. but from what you've been saying you're not a particularly anxious person no no not really i've i've never had really i've i didn't really have issues with anxiety for much of my life recently anxiety has popped up every so often but it's mm-hmm. mostly just due to actual causes like mm-hmm. stress like when i get stressed i'm like whoa fuck i'm stressed mm-hmm. and i can like, like a person what is this like, <laughs> but no i was never i never had anxiety um i i i mean i was depressed um mm-hmm. for sure for a lot of college and i'm sure that's kind of where the excessive drinking started mm-hmm. um probably about halfway through school when i was like what is this this feeling i'm having <laughs> i can't shake this feeling <laughs> yeah right um, yeah Oh, well, party time. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like I'm going to be sad in front of people now. I got to host these people. I don't have a choice, right? <laughs> uh, we did. We lived in the party house, like oh, the, yeah. the theater party house. Oh, we, were, man. We, were, we were that house. Um, and it kind of fell to us because there was this house called Brick House that was like the theater party house. We're still not entirely sure why it was called that because it wasn't made of bricks. It's a brick yeah. house. house. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, so the brick house was condemned the year that the, <laughs> <laughs> the year that me and my roommates moved into the house next door. Okay. So because brick house was condemned, the duty of hosting theater parties fell to us because we were the next door neighbors. Mm-hmm. So we started doing that, um, and then it be, just became like a thing we did. We hosted most of the parties. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was definitely okay. Well, I gotta host this party tonight, so mm-hmm. I better go get the keg and start I- my night. <laughs> Uh, and I feel like most actors and artists are generally pretty heavy drinkers in general. Yeah. So I would imagine specifically like you get the actor thing and then you get the college thing. Mm-hmm. And then I so I'm sure it would be hard to recognize that there was any sort of issue until yeah. later on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the other the other part about it is like even outside of like college right you know it once i turned 21 right a lot of artistic business engagements happen over beers right yeah like if you're meeting with a new i've had a lot of people meet their agent over Mm -hmm. a beer right like which just seems strange to me but Mm -hmm. that's kind of the world we live in i guess yeah um but yeah i mean it, it was always very like socially driven mm-hmm. the, this 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 industry is very driven around like social interaction um which is interesting because it's an industry full of crazy people yes <laughs> <laughs> but you know you know yeah it's kind of like tying a bunch of squirrels tails together yeah right yeah, and just watch <laughs> it go <laughs> um but yeah okay um and at what point like because you had mentioned you're depressed through most of college at what point did you realize like this is kind of an issue in as much as um, like I feel bummed out all the time or whatever. Well, I started noticing that um, the depression came in like waves, right? Yeah. Um, Which tends to happen. And then like when I wasn't depressed, I was like on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, so to to speak. Um, And so 
But then when I was depressed, instead of like feeling sad, I would just get really pissed off at people. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I started like, when I started like snapping at my mother, when I was home for vacations and mm -hmm. stuff, something I had never done. Mm -hmm. Um, and she finally one day like sat me down and was like, what the fuck, man? Like, what is your problem? Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the trigger for me to be like, maybe I should talk to somebody who knows what the fuck this is about. Yeah. So I started seeing a, a therapist or I start, I went to the, the university health center on campus. Right. And, um, asked them to set me up with an appointment with someone. They gave me an appointment card. I went and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm having feelings of like, um, you know, I'm having a lot of anger issues. I feel like nobody really wants to be around me. Um, and I feel kind of like sad. Right. Mm -hmm. And they were like, okay, you know, we'll sit you up with somebody. They gave me an appointment card. I came back the following week at my appointment time, walked in and told them my name. And they were like, yeah, we don't have you here. We don't have your name here. And I was like, well, you should, cause I've got an appointment mm -hmm. and here's the time and here's my details. Right. And they were like, yeah, sorry, man, we don't have you. And I was like, so you, what, what, like I leave now and <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, this is the end of this. Mm. And she was like, well, do you have the appointment card? I was like, no, it's back in my dorm. And she was like, well, if you have that, and I was like, you motherfucking. So <laughs> I, I'm standing there in front You're of this right. woman. I'm, and I was like, so first of all, lady, I want to explain to you, <laughs> I'm here because I have anger issues mm -hmm. and feelings of self, like problems with self-worth. Like mm -hmm. nobody wants to be a part of my life. You're making me angry and feel like you don't want me here. Yep. <laughs> so like, can we, that's the first issue here. So I went back, grabbed the appointment card, looked at it. I was right. I did have an appointment that day. I came mm -hmm. back and showed it to her, and she was like, oh, uh, well, the person we scheduled you with isn't here. So she, like, took me to the person who was on call that day. Yeah. And so my first appointment with the therapist was not very good because yeah. I was just pissed the whole time. Oh, and I sure. didn't really want to talk to her. <laughs> yep. And she's on call. So she's yeah. pissed too. So she's pissed too. She's yep. like, what the fuck are we doing here? God, I was going to watch Dragon Age. Yeah. Right. Whatever that. That's a video game. Not a, <laughs> not a TV series. I was going to watch someone play Dragon, Dragon Age. Age. <laughs> oh, Okay. But so that that's rough. That, yeah. And then so did it take oh you a while to so, yeah, see then, another you know, therapist? I, so then I stopped. Like I was yeah. like, this is not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um and then finally I ended up feeling so shitty that I went back to the health center and I was like, set me up with somebody completely different because mm -hmm. I don't I'm not still mad at that woman, but I don't think it's gonna work because yeah. it was just a bad start, right? Mm -hmm. So they set me up with someone new and um we started talking and they were like, Hey, you know, um, you're, you're, you're exhibiting some symptoms of bipolar depression. You know, maybe you should go see a psychiatrist. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, so I did and they were like, okay, eh. <laughs> 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 like, I'm not convinced that this person knows what they were talking about. <laughs> so there was a diagnosis that happened at some point, but there, the, the jury is out as to whether that person was qualified to diagnose me, uh -huh. <laughs> but it's still something that sits in the back of my brain. Like yeah. whenever I'm either really productive or really unproductive. I'm yeah. always like, hmm. hmm. Yep. Hmm, original therapist from college. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe you were, you on were on to something yeah. there, buddy. <laughs> well, I mean, and what's kind of the tricky bit of business with um, the bipolar spectrum is there's so many different levels and so different, many different variations of it. Um, like, because the, the stereotype is the person that, like, quits their job and thinks they can make a whole new life of themselves and that sort <laughs> yeah. of thing. But then there's also, like, cyclothymia, which is, like, I'm bummed out or I'm really happy depending on whether or not it's spring or winter. Sure. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. Um, 
Yeah. And the other, the other funny, the other funny, the other interesting thing about it is, um, I want to point out, it probably is. It probably is. A lot of this shit is funny. (laughs) The funny thing about it is like when I was talking to another therapist more recently, they were like, it's interesting because you know what, um, mimics some of the symptoms of bipolar disorder Mm. is drinking a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, huh, you know what? (laughs) That's a good point, man. It's true. Um, Bob Downey Jr. Um, got her, uh, diagnosis for bipolar disorder he's like yeah but i was on i was on methamphetamines you can't yeah, die yeah. like so probably not yeah like when i was in college i was at my peak drinking power exactly so, you know, I... <laughs> exactly because it is um and like those two things go very much hand in hand uh-huh. like um 60 percent of um people with uh, bipolar disorder are um will develop some sort of substance abuse problem right which is whenever anyone does say oh i'm I have this substance abuse problem no matter what it is. I'm like, okay, you might want to look at this also this diagnosis sure, because yeah. they are it it's a very high comorbidity. Um but uh but it also just does exacerbate the symptoms yeah. of whatever you have going on. Um because I, when I was drinking, a lot of it was I didn't know if I was going to feel good or bad the next day. Yeah. But when I was drinking, I knew I was going to feel shitty. <laughs> So right, at least yeah. it was in my control. Yeah, yeah. it got like, to that. It got to a certain point with me too, which was very similar. Where I was like, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good right now. Maybe I'll have a beer mm-hmm. and feel better. Yep. <laughs> and then I'd have the first beer, and I'd be like, "Don't feel better. Might as well steer into the skin." Yep. <laughs> I hate. Oh, there is something I I feel like so. It's the worst kind of masculinity of like. Um, you're in a bad situation, and you're just like, fucking lean into it. Fine. We're doing this. I got to suffer, baby. Yeah. like, And it's, it's so stupid and shitty, where it's like, if you just take one step back, yeah. you're just like, hey, sorry, guys. <laughs> Shouldn't do this. Yeah. Um, and what... So going off of that, was it about, a, about trying to, like, control your mood as well? Yeah, a little bit, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was definitely a control aspect to why I would choose to drink, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the nights when I was choosing to, it was like, I was choosing to, because I felt like shit. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, you know what? At a, at a party, especially when everybody's having a drink, it's like, this is fun. Cool. Yep. Let's have some fun. Mm-hmm. Right. But you know, eight beers later and everyone leaves and then that's when it's not as much fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I kind of, I, that's a very, I kind of have the opposite um, view in as much as when I drink, I get very socially anxious. Okay. Because I'm slower, I'm dumber, I'm not as funny. <laughs> and for me, I, you know, uh, being funny is like the same thing as being loved a lot of the time, which sure. is fucked up and bad. Right. But and I'm trying to work through that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but like a lot of it is. And like, um, whereas a lot of people get funnier when they're drunk because they're just saying whatever comes to the top right. of their head. And I will be like, oh, man, I wish I could be like that person. And, like, specifically in social settings, I get very, like, bummed out and, like, oh, man, I'm not as good as all these people that I'm with and and I'm an idiot. And so that was another major catalyst of me going, I'm out. Yeah. I don't want to do this because the only the one time I do, it's with people around and people suck. Yeah. And then also... But, like, the the best times I can remember drinking are me and Miles watching Hot Fuzz by ourselves. <laughs> right. Just, like, getting yeah. rip-roaring drunk and going, did you see that in the background? Yeah. The last time I had fun drunk, 
was actually I was by myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was live Snapchatting myself watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, <laughs> the Gene Wilder version, of course. Yeah, well, Willy Wonka, right, not Charlie. Willy Wonka, not Charlie. Fuck Charlie. Huh. And well, um, don't don't fuck Charlie. He's a minor. Yeah. Okay. Um, not a coal miner, mm. but a miner. Not a mi- They're not minors. The minors. Um. So yeah, I was live Snapchatting myself watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and basically making fun of the movie mm-hmm. because it's so good that you can do that. Right? Yeah. And um, there was one point in the middle where I had I had gotten so drunk that I forgot what I was doing and I just started watching the movie. <laughs> so there's a there's like one there's one part of my Snapchat story where I'm like, okay, we're at the you know Golden Goose part, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the very next Snapchat is like they're in the glass elevator. And yep. I'm like, all right, they're in the fucking elevator now. So I think it's the end of the movie. But thanks for watching. <laughs> and I was having a great time uh-huh. because I was by myself. But mm. people were like responding via Snapchat. Like, what are you doing? Yep. I was Absolutely. like having a blast. That's what I'm doing. There is some sort of bizarre pleasure in confusing the hell out of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but yeah, it is just. And then most of the responses actually ended up being, your Snapchat story is like 18 minutes long. Please stop. <laughs> yeah. Once you get past that like eight minute mark, you're like, <laughs> yeah. come on, man. Dude, we all have shit to shit. do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I don't know. Like being, because it also is like, I feel like when you're drunk and you're also self-aware, you know you're not in control of your faculties. Right. And you're like, what stupid decision am I going to make now? <laughs> and you just, like, for me, I just sit on that egg of, like, oh, man. Oh, man. What am I going to do? And, like, one another catalyst is, like, I was out with some – I used to go to this open mic mm-hmm. um, and play music and get really hammered. And it was super – that part was super great. But then, like, I started, like, getting lonely, uh-huh. to put it politely. So, like, at one point I was, like, just making out with this – woman that i had never met before right just and i was like i pulled back and i was like what the fuck is this hey i gotta go yeah i can't <laughs> no i was like what the fuck is this and then i was like might as well lean into <laughs> lean it lean into it and then almost went home with her and then i was like no 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 i'm good yeah but um it's just like one of these weird things because because you're when you're i don't know i feel like uh with self-awareness it is like you know better mm-hmm. and yet you're doing it anyway and like right. at what point do you just go well fuck this yeah and and i was talking to another friend of mine and i was like well no he's like do you want to go out for a drink i'm like no because i don't i'll watch you drink and i'll have a soda that's fine he's right. like you should just learn to you know drink in moderation i'm like number one that's not that's not a great thing to say to is a- there a course i can take on yeah that? yeah who's teaching that one <laughs> exactly and it's also like no like uh, basically, you said what I was going to say, which is fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, also, what's good for you isn't good for me. And also, if I could, I would. I've tried yeah. for the last... I think like, I haven't tried that. Yeah, I've, for the last six years of my life, I've tried that, and it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. So I guess this is how I live. Right. But yeah, I've been off and on sober for like three years, since mm. I was 21. Like... Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get into it, but um, I was in a really bad place, and I was drinking way too much, and then um, something happened, and then I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I'm good. So on my 
21st birthday, that was the last time I drank for like nine months. Mm -hmm. And then when I moved back to Minnesota to be with my then girlfriend, I was like, you know what's great though? Getting drunk with your significant other. Right. That is super dope. If you can do that like healthily and in a good way. where it doesn't lead to shouting or anything like that, it is the most wonderful thing because you Mm -hmm. guys are just a couple of drunk idiots watching Bachelor or whatever Griffin McElroy is doing. Yeah. 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 I I had uh, an incident that I presume presume was very similar um, Mm -hmm. where that was like the turning point where I was like, okay, yeah, this isn't a thing I should be doing for a while. Mm -hmm. But the key word at the time was like, I'm going to take a break, right? I'm going to take some time off. So I didn't didn't drink for a year. Yeah. um, Like at all. And I was like, sweet. If I can do that, then I can go back to drinking now and drink less, right? <laughs> yep. There, There is a part of my mind that's, you know, like, oh, I have a year under my belt of sobriety. You know what I should do? Celebrate. How? Wait a minute. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, the, the problem is, like, if you take a year off of drinking and you go back to drinking, you will drink in moderation because it only takes, like, a beer or two for you to be like, all right, yep, I'm drunk now. Yeah, absolutely. But then as the tolerance grows grows back, it's like, okay, now I'm back to seven, eight beers mm-hmm. and, you know, passing out on the couch and my roommate waking me up at six in the morning, like, what are you doing here? Go to your bed. Mm-hmm. Like, We don't live together anymore. <laughs> yeah. Who are you, Robert What's Downey happening? Jr.? <laughs> yep. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and, like... And it is something, I feel like, if you if it happens once, it'll happen again. Because, like, yeah. I mean, you can fight against it and, and that sort of thing, but it is just a genetic predisposition mm-hmm. to going, hey, this pleasure center in my brain, I'm going to slam this button down as yeah. much as I can. Because, like, I have that with everything. I'll have, like, two cups of coffee and be like, yeah, I'm wide awake. And then at a certain point in this last year, I realized I'm doing this for the rush, not to wake up. Yeah. Like, I need to feel... Because specifically when you have... When you have uh, bipolar depression when you're up there's something that's really a really great feeling at least for you other people might disagree <laughs> like whoa back off or you gotta slow down you're talking <laughs> too quick and you're yelling at me now how did this happen <laughs> um but uh but it is you try to find stuff that emulates that that once again when why a lot of people with bipolar disorder go to cocaine mm-hmm. and what's kind of weird is when you're up it slows you down it's like r- extreme ritalin right and so that's kind of that's kind of neat um not that i've done cocaine right um yet no <laughs> keep my options open no but it is um that, the reason I would never do cocaine, and this is a bit I've been working on, um, the reason I would never do cocaine is because everyone would be elevated to where I am naturally, and I would be <laughs> level, and I'm like, I never want that good of a look at myself yeah, ever, right? thank no, you. No, thanks. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, I've I've, re- I've been smoking a lot of weed recently. Okay. Um, as kind of a substitute. Okay. Because it doesn't have the same effects, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, cool, I can do that. Yeah. The other thing is that's weird is I smoked cigarettes for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, when I quit drinking, I was smoking cigarettes for a couple months, and then I just stopped. Yeah. <laughs> just fuck this. And I talked to other people who have said that that's not something that usually happens. Like, you don't usually just stop doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I was talking to my buddy. I was like, yeah, you know, I smoked, a, like I've, I smoked my first pack of cigarettes in about a week. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, didn't buy another pack for a while. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> are you making up a story? I was like, no, that happened. Yeah. So, so I was like, you know what? So anyway, I, I, I smoke weed sometimes. And it's interesting because there's also like a not to do list in my brain where I'm like, I couldn't ever do anything other than smoke weed. Yeah. Because I have a feeling it would not end very well for oh, me. Absolutely not. Um, 
<laughs> especially like knowing knowing about knowing what I know now about my journey with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really willing to find another vice. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I think that's smart. And like a lot of people, and I feel like there's this weird stigma of like, well, then that you've found a weakness to your personality right. in that way. Where it's, I'm like, I think if you can just like take a step back and go, well, this wouldn't end well. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's emotional maturity. Sure. It's the same reason like you go on two dates and you're like, Mm-mm, no, 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 no. I had the same, like, I did kind of a similar thing with cigarettes. Like I'll every once in a while I buy a pack of, I'm like, I'm having a rough month. Mm, sure. Um, and I'm like, I am too anxious for this. Um, my, another bit I do is like people say they want to be happy. They don't, they want to be level. Cause otherwise why you would see cup of coffee in one hand and cigarette in the other. Like right. you were all just trying to find that balance. Yeah. But, um, but, but the thing that really stopped me from smoking was like my, one of my uncles got cancer and died, yeah. you know? And so like, you're like, Oh shit. Nope. never mind. Yeah. Um, and, but on the, but I never was addicted to it, which I was always really worried yeah. about basically what had happened is in um, my second year of school, I started hanging out with the smokers. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would bum a cigarette and then just be big. Um, so it never got to a point. And I think a lot of that had to do with, I didn't figure out how to smoke a cigarette properly till like <laughs> two months in. Yeah. Cause I would I smoke it like you would a cigar. Yeah, you know, I think that was part of my thing too. Yeah. I was like, and then all of a sudden I like, you know, like, no, you gotta like actually inhale the smoke. I was like, why would, Oh, I'm relaxed. Oh, look at that. God damn. <laughs> oh, boy. But, yeah. Similar to what you said, I've been, I, I announced that I was quitting drinking. Oh, that is a very good way to do yeah, it because a, then people a, hold about it. a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, actually quit drinking about a year ago. <laughs> uh-huh. um, no, a little longer. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the timeline, but it was over a year ago that I stopped drinking, right? Mm-hmm. That I said, okay, I'm not going to drink anymore. Yeah. Um, and it's been a journey, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, you know, for the most part, it's been successful. Yeah. Um, there, there are, there are, I mean, and nobody... I think people that people understand this because people have other vices, but I think people for the most part understand that it's a day by day thing mm-hmm. um, for sure. And it certainly is for me. I'll have days where I'm doing absolutely jack shit mm-hmm. and I'm standing in Manhattan like, well, there's a bar over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could go over there. That would be something to do. Mm-hmm. And then once I'm drunk, I'd probably come up with more ideas for stuff to do. <laughs> and they'd all probably be great ideas. Spoiler alert, <laughs> they usually aren't. Uh, nope. Um, <laughs> I um, I hear you. And one of the jobs, and I, I put my, my two weeks in there because it got to a point where, like, it's a bar, like okay. I was working yeah. at. And I got to a point where, like, and, like, they have a, a whole... What do you, a fellowship you can join where you like drink X number of beers and you get a bigger <laughs> beer mug and it's this whole thing and if anyone is listening that works there high um, but anyway but like it got to a point where I started like holding on to beers I'm like this smells really great I just want this in me yeah it's like I never mind um, <laughs> sometimes you know your brain tries to work as fast as it can yeah and then it trips. Uh-huh. So, um, but yeah, and it's gotten to a real issue. So I, 
I feel with, with day by day, specifically, it's difficult knowing, like, I'm better off without it. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, how do you personally deal with, like, do you just, like, talk yourself down from it, or? Sometimes I'm able to do that. Okay. Um, it, it's, a lot of times, it's a, mat- it's a matter of inconvenience that convinces me not to go drink. Like, okay, I could go have a beer, but I'm supposed to see my girlfriend tonight. Mm-hmm. So I shouldn't because yep. <laughs> then she'll be like, hey, why'd you drink? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously everyone, everyone I associate with closely is very understanding of mm-hmm. the issues that I have. Yeah. So like my girlfriend would never in a million years give me a hard time about it. Mm-hmm. It's just that, you know, in my brain, I'm like, well, no, why would you drink before you go see her? That's stupid. Yeah. And that's the reason not to drink. It's not don't drink because it's fucking bad for you because mm-hmm. you have a problem. It's don't drink because then you might get in trouble. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Um, Yep. But it is good that lately other things that have convinced me not to drink have been like if I'm traveling for work, Mm -hmm. there's no one around, right? But I have to do work stuff. Yeah. Like I'm not going to drink before I, you know, the night before a meeting, right? Mm -hmm. That would be stupid. Also, I have to drive myself home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. So, you know, but... So sometimes that that works. Other times it's just, you know, sheer lack of free time. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm busy enough, if I have every minute of every day planned, then there's no time, right? There's mm-hmm. no time for me to go have a drink. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when things get really, when things get more difficult, I just schedule more shit to do. Yeah. Because if I can create a, a, what is it? What's the word everybody uses? Um it's not balance, but like structure. That's yeah. it. If I can create some structure, then yeah. it's a little bit easier. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I recently, I'm, I'm working on this piece about being a workaholic mm-hmm. because I think something that I think we kind of need to address as a society is if you are addicted to one thing, you're probably addicted to right. five, yeah. you know? And work can be that because mm-hmm. it, you know, creates an endorphin buzz. But I think it's a, better substitution oh sure then because it's more productive obviously so i agree and that's something i do as well um i'm always i'm very curious because like i know it's very much a possibility i'm always very curious of if a relapse happens how will it Mm -hmm. and do you have that same thing yeah yeah i mean and there have been i'll tell you there have been relapses in the Mm -hmm. in the in the year in the actually almost two years that I've been like not drinking, right? Mm-hmm. I used air quotes just now for those of you. <laughs> yeah, I think um, they, they can tell the tone of your voice. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, there have been, and it's mostly around times when like it's about timing, like certain times of the year, mm-hmm. um, based on like events in the past that are around that time of year, it'll get harder. Yeah. Um, which is weird because those events happen to be the ones that made me stop drinking. But still, <laughs> when, when that time of year comes around, it's like, okay, well, um, why not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also, sometimes it's like there's there's this there's this sense of, well, if I'm gonna have a relapse anyway, why 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 shouldn't it be like tonight? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? If I'm gonna <laughs> if I'm gonna if I'm gonna leap spread eagled off the wagon. Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't it be this weekend? Yeah, but then you know, every so often it comes. That thought comes up, and you know, you come up with the logical reasons it's why like, that's uh, not a good idea. I right? have work in the morning. Yeah, right. I can't just go off and do the things I want. Yeah, 
Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, but, but it is interesting how so much of my convincing myself not to drink is mm-hmm. reliant on other people. Yeah, outside sources. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think when um, most when you do the AA thing, I mm-hmm. I haven't. But when people do, uh, like they you find the thing that's bigger than you, and you yeah. devote your life right, to that. Right, right. Because then you have constantly an outside source going, no, 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 no. And yeah, yeah. I I've mentioned this on this program before, but like it's also the same thing with me. Like whenever I'm really depressed, I'm like I want to kill myself. Oh wait, no, I have this on Tuesday. Yeah, I can't. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got commitments. Mm-hmm. I have I've committed my time to something else. Yeah, and I wouldn't want to let this person down. Exactly. Right? So I better stick with it. Right? Yep. Not because uh, of me. Yep. No, <laughs> I don't factor in. Yeah. Um, and. <laughs> One of them is, uh, there's a Star Wars movie coming out this year. Yeah, come on. Can't miss that. Yeah, no. Um, They're not screening that one in hell. Yep. (laughs) I don't know. That George Lucas, (laughs) he's a Buddhist, so maybe. No. um, (laughs) No, I I hear what you're saying about the AA stuff, too. I've I've tried it. Um, And I I was raised Roman Catholic, and I'm still a fairly religious person. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. But for me, it's more like, I don't know. I feel like God's got more important shit to take care of. (laughs) He's not going to like hold my hand and walk me through this. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like every so often if I need some help, I'll be like, hey, big guy, like this is getting kind of hard. But entirely turning my life over to him, I feel I could be like, dude, I got I got to focus on some other stuff for today. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to need you to tough it out Mm -hmm. and I'll be back (laughs) next week because, you know, there's a war going on. Yeah. (laughs) I got some stuff to deal with over here. That's fair. And also Cristiano Ronaldo is in the World Cup and he's been praying every day. So I got (laughs) to, I got to, I got to go deal with that. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Yeah. I, I kind of, I kind of agree with that. Um, and and it is like something bigger than yourself doesn't even need to be necessarily God or anything. I feel yeah, like yeah, and they 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 that's what they that's what they tell me. <laughs> that's what they tell me. Yeah. But if there were a bigger a thing bigger than me, then that would then God is what it would be. And yeah. Since I don't really want to step on his toes, step on his toes. It's like well, there's not Bare anything. Toes. There's not really anything bigger mm-hmm. than that. So um, I could turn it over to the universe, but mm-hmm. the universe isn't necessarily always reliable. No, not at all. <laughs> I always, yeah, um, the main thing, and like it's, and I was raised Lutheran, so, you know, Catholic uh-huh. light. Right. Um, and it is sort of a similar thing of, the thing that I've decided to substitute that with is not just the idea of God, but also like um, creating a positive impact yeah. through whatever you want to go through. But, um, yeah, um, going way, 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 way back in the conversation, um, you have a lot of anger issues you said or had. I, yeah, you know, and there's, there's still, you know, for people I work with, um, you know, in the, in the industry, right. In the theater, um, I tended, I tend to have a pretty, (laughs) pretty good game face. Yeah. Um, but then I'll get home to my apartment and I'll be like, this motherfucker, (laughs) um, but you know it's gotten a lot better, um, mm-hmm. and it's. I think it's you know it's strictly you know circumstantial a lot of times. You know yeah. my anger stemmed from the fact that I was really fucking sad. Yeah. Right. And I didn't want to be sad. Yeah. To people. Yeah. Being sad to people is a bummer. If I'm a jerk, then at mm-hmm. least people will be like, "Whoa, mm-hmm. this guy's a dick." But yeah. man, 
he talks quick. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> I won't mess with him. Right. It, yeah. Um, I, yeah, and it ca- it came from like being like you know what, outside sources are making me depressed. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'd better lash out at them. <laughs> but then you know, therapy helps. Mm-hmm. Um, having people around you that you trust and love certainly helps. Yeah. Um, I'm not so angry when when I have, you know, people like Robin, my girlfriend, and and mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to be angry at stuff if things are going well. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you find a way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every so often. Every so often, you a- find a way. Anger uh, uh, finds a way. That's right. Um, I I feel like it's also particularly. I mean, like obviously there are women with anger issues. I've sure. dated a few. No. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I feel like it's a particularly masculine trait to be bummed out and then lash out at someone else. Yeah. 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 Because I feel like as a society, that's what we tell men is acceptable. Well, we're supposed to be dominant, right? We're Mm -hmm. supposed to be these macho like cavemen. Yeah. So if I'm sad about something, I'm going to hit it with a stick. Yeah. (laughs) This mastodon. God damn. (laughs) Motherfucking mastodon. I hate this band. Um, but yeah, it, and it's something that, like, I feel, I feel like when you're depressed and that sort of thing, you're very sensitive as a person generally. Mm-hmm. And so when you are also angry, it kind of takes people by surprise. Yeah. Like, yeah. I have a, this is a dent from my fist in this wall that yeah. I'm pointing to. And I feel like a lot of people are surprised when they, I say <laughs> things because, yeah. like, I'm normally, like, kind of like, oh, yeah. I would be, I think people would describe me as sweet, but also very strange. Sure. Um, it's like a bizarre Sour Patch Kid. Right. Anyway, um, so I feel like people are taken off guard when people who are generally kind are also very angry. But yeah. I think it's incredibly sure. common. Yeah, I think so too. Specifically I mean, I, in the arts. I have, uh, I, I had to <laughs> revoke my, uh, or give up my security deposit in my house in college yeah, because I put two <laughs> holes in the wall, uh-huh. one with my fist and the other with my foot oh. because I was mad at someone who had come to a party at my house. Uh-huh. And so I punched a hole in the wall <laughs> to show off my manly power, of course. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And because I was pissed. Yeah. And when then I was like, get the fuck out. And they were like, no, I won't. I was like, well, then I'm going to fucking beat you up, right? Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then when I put the first hole in the wall, they were like, you won't fucking do that again. And so, and so I <laughs> slammed my foot back and kicked a hole in the opposite wall. They left after that. Uh, yeah, I would too. Yeah. You're also like a pretty big guy. Yeah, I'm also not a small person. Yeah. So, you know, like that, what? And that was something that like my mom kind of spoke to me about at one point. She was like, when you're the size that you are, mm-hmm. you can't get angry like that at no. people. It, it's not going to end well for you. You know, yeah. somebody's going to get scared, like legitimately scared. Yeah. Um, and it happened once when I told her about a fight I got in with an ex-girlfriend one time. And she yeah. was like, you can't do that, man. Like, yeah. Even if someone knows you would never hit them, it's still like if you get that angry mm-hmm. about stuff, it's still a thought that's going to cross their mind. Like, holy shit, this dude's going to punch me in the face. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm, you know, pushing 6'3". Mm-hmm. And most of my girlfriends haven't been 6'3". Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's so it's it's certainly – and, you know, Robin, my, my girlfriend, is – um like five, three. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wow. So like the first time I got really mad about something, she was like, Hey, like maybe chill out. (laughs) Yeah. 
and I was like, ha- I had to like come to the come to the understanding that, oh right, even though I know that mm-hmm. I would never hit somebody, when I'm the size that I am and look the way I look, nobody else knows that. Yeah. So if I walk into a room carrying anger in, mm-hmm. people are gonna be like, this guy's fucking scary. Yeah. Who don't know me, right? Yep. So, you know, it's, it was interesting, like realization that I really just recently had Mm -hmm. because when I was a little kid, I was fucking tiny. (laughs) And so when I would get mad about stuff, people would be like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, I would say that, yeah, um, size does matter in this. Yeah. But also like I've been in situations where one of the most awful things in the world, I was really, and this was in high school. Um, so it was like, it was a while ago, but I was really angry at my then girlfriend and I said something and I was, I gestured and she flinched mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, well then this is a, this is a moment where I'm going to get this under control. Right? Yeah. This isn't okay. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, that's doesn't sit well with me. And then my, my most recent girlfriend basically never saw me angry until, uh, I lost my temper because she accidentally like poured water on my laptop. Like she she was stretching on the bed and then it got on my laptop and broke it. And I got really angry because it was my laptop. Right. I wasn't angry with her. And like, I reassured her. I'm like, I'm just angry that this happened. I'm not angry at you, but I was in, I was furious and she had never seen me like that. And right. that was, she talked about like, that was one of the things that like, I was like, I can't be with you anymore. Cause that's terrifying. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, um, and that's why when it comes to acting, I'm like, never cast me as an angry person because <laughs> right. I don't know if I can do it yeah. without losing myself over to that temper. Sure. So, yeah, I, I do. Th- I do the same. Pe- uh, yeah. And, you know, my girlfriend has told me before that, like, when I get angry about st- like I have a bed from Ikea. Right. Yeah. It has those slats. Right. You sure. know, the, the ones that are tied together with the rope and they're like wooden slats. And they're bowed a little bit, so they keep falling through the frame of the bed. So mm-hmm. I'll be sitting on my bed, and they'll fall through, and I'll fall down inside the bed frame, right? And every time it happens, I, like, freak out. Yeah. <laughs> every time it happens, I'm like, motherfucker, this yeah. fucking bed. <laughs> um, and so the last time that happened, <laughs> I was like, dude, like, actually, it was because Robin was like, you got to cool it, man. Like, mm-hmm. that's too scary. Mm-hmm over a fucking bed man. yeah like <laughs> get it together yeah but you know um it is weird i i will lose my temper specifically uh and i i also pounded my yes just yesterday because i was on running on no sleep and too mm-hmm. long i pounded my fists on my desk until my hand hurt because right. like that's really what you want to do i feel like at least when i'm angry it's like i just want to hurt myself because yeah. i hate what's going on yeah um I used to hit myself in the head, which is kind of a weird yeah. thing to do. Um, but when technology doesn't work. So I feel yeah. like it's always inanimate objects that yeah. I get pissed at. It's never human beings because I'm like, oh, well, they're stupid because they're humans. Right. But this thing it was designed yeah. to do one thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not fucking doing it. Yeah. <laughs> How dare it? Yeah. Like my fucking, I got a new MacBook recently for Christmas. It mm-hmm. was like my Christmas gift that I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. And it it keeps fucking disconnecting from my Wi-Fi. Like mm-hmm. every fucking day, it'll do this. It'll just drop off. I'll be surfing. It'll just drop off for not long. Mm-hmm. It'll come right back up. But it happens a couple times a week. Mm-hmm. 
And every time it happens, I'm like, this fucking thing <laughs> is brand new. And I know if I call the goddamn Apple store, they're just going to tell me, well, did you try resetting your router? And, and I'm going to have to yell at them, and I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So I'll just get angry about this every fucking day. Uh-huh. <laughs> and waste this energy on this sh- shitty <laughs> Wi-Fi connection that I have that won't let my fancy piece of technology stay connected to it for mm-hmm. longer than an hour. Right? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it's kind of like, you know, when you're walking upstairs and you think you got, you have like two more steps to go, but it ends and there's that moment of, <laughs> and yeah. like, it, I'm dying. Yep. It's it's <laughs> that. It's like that anxiety and then that transmutes yeah. quickly into anger. Yeah. That's why um I never wanted to get, like, I got in one fight as a kid and it wasn't so much a fight as like a beating up mm-hmm. um, and it, because it was a group of people and then me and my friend. Um, Yikes! Yeah, it it, it was fine. Um, the kids stole my skateboard. I tried to get it back. Oh, they were part of a like a gang of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really. It wasn't too violent, but um, but the reason I would never get into a fight is I feel like I would just immediately get pissed and then have no control. Yeah, kind of like you know, there's that scene in a Christmas story. Where Ralphie starts beating the shit out of <laughs> yeah. the other kid. Scott yeah. Farkas is the kid's name. Yep. Like, I was going to pretend like I didn't know who Scott Farkas <laughs> yeah. was. Um, it's that, you know. It's just yeah, like, I don't sure. want to murder someone accidentally. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Anger's, anger's terrifying. It's scary, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you And, you know, you scare yourself, too. Mm-hmm. Every so often you'll get really pit- Like, I'll be in traffic or something. Mm-hmm. And I'll, like, scream. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, be like, dude, what the fuck was that? Relax. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday, when I banged my fist on the, the table, and then I yelled really loud, and then I was like, what do my neighbors think just happened? Yeah. Are yeah. they going to call the yeah. cops? I hope not, because I don't want to have to explain to a police officer that my my, my podcast wouldn't upload, <laughs> and I got too angry. <laughs> banged my fist on a table for an hour. Yep. And, yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Um, so the therapist do you see um, that, that that you see? Do you do like cognitive behavioral therapy, or is it talk therapy, or what? Mostly just talk to him. Yeah, Heard. yeah, and that works for me. Um, cool. And I, it's mostly because I finally found a therapist that I actually vibe with. Yeah, and I I gave up on trying to find one for a while because my first experience was abysmal, mm-hmm. and then um, my next experience I was with a therapist in New York who like thought really highly of himself mm-hmm. and his abilities as a therapist mm-hmm. and was like throwing all this jargon at me mm-hmm. of like how to be better right yeah and i was like bro you're talking more than me yeah this ain't helping mm-hmm. <laughs> and because of your attitude i feel like more of a like test subject yeah of like your therapeutic methods and how great they are mm-hmm. and no matter what you're gonna say okay mission accomplished right yeah and he, like, had a book, and he kept telling me to buy his book. Oh, no, 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 no. I was like, I'm out of here, man. Ah, oh, fuck that. And, you know, he was charging me therapist prices, so yeah. I was like, I, no, I'm not doing this. No. <laughs> I'm not paying you this much money to tell me to buy your book every week. Mm-hmm. But I finally found a guy I like and Good. get along with and don't want to choke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have uh, Have all the therapists you've seen been men? No, the first one was a woman. Yeah, you um, that, the first one was a woman. Um, and honestly, that's why I've always s- seeked out, sought out, sought out. Thank you. I've always sought out male therapists, and that's a shitty bias that I have. Yeah, because that one female therapist was a shitty therapist. Yeah, but for me, yeah, I shouldn't generalize. I'm sure for someone else, she was fantastic. Yeah, 
And but I mean, honestly, that first bad experience biased me against that. Yeah. And, I th- and plus, you know, there's also a kind of a thing in my head about I don't know if I would be as comfortable telling a female therapist about my feelings from like, you know, from college when I used to sleep around or like mm-hmm. from like before I met my girlfriend and like mm-hmm. how I was and all that stuff. I don't know if I'd be as comfortable opening up to a female therapist about stuff like that. Yeah. I think that's a good thing that yeah. to go with. I've always gone with dudes mm-hmm. for kind of similar reasons that, and I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago of like, I'd be an idiot and I'd fall in love with my therapist. <laughs> it's like, oh, this beautiful woman like is right. listening to what I have to say. Oh, please, just marry me. <laughs> I've always, I've had a, a rich fantasy life always, but um, th- I some someday dream of marrying a therapist. Right. Just because so, like I hear stories that sometimes it works out really well. Because <laughs> like I would love to just be able to turn to my partner and be like, and she could go, I know, and I'm like, cool, <laughs> and we're moving on. Um, because explaining this shit to yeah. every new, it's, like, it's difficult. Yeah, and I mean, I I had a I was seeing a girl. This was you know, going on two years ago now, mm-hmm. obviously, because I've been with my current girlfriend for like a year and a half. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Well, she's awesome. But Good. Hi. Um, no, uh, it's uh, there was a girl a, a, a while ago who I like tried to explain the drinking thing to. Yeah. And that was too much, right? That was too yeah. much for her. And I was like, "Lady, if that's too much for you, good luck." Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you know, because I know plenty of people with plenty of other problems mm-hmm. that would make you shudder. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 weird. Um, yeah. and like. Even just explaining half, like half of the thing is going. Well, I'm mentally ill. Boom, that's one. Like that, it's kind of yeah. like, um, kind of like it's kind of like The Bachelor. In as much as you slowly right. winnow down to that yeah. one person, but you're like introducing new things every every like month or so. Of like, <laughs> right. oh, by yeah. the way, I also do this, and you're like, okay, okay. Which is, it's kind of gotten to a point where yeah. if someone is interested in, in who me romantically, I'm like, listen to this podcast I do. <laughs> right. Please. Have I told you the story about the time I punched a hole in a no. wall yet? Yep. I haven't. Oh, I forgot that one? Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe in a, Oh, I gotta go. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Date over. Yep. Um, cause like, um, I don't know if you follow the um, comedian Mark Marin. A little bit. Yeah, I think Not you as would. Much lately. I think you would like his stuff because mm-hmm. he talks. He has really bad anger issues, okay. and he talks about that. And his current girlfriend, I think, um, she works with autistic kids. Okay. And she will look. He'll be like fuming, and she goes, "This must be very uncomfortable for you." And that's, fuck. She's empathetic. Now, <laughs> now I know someone loves me. God damn yeah, it! Damn it! That now ruins my whole anger thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but. I think this has been a very good conversation. Yeah, man, absolutely. Is there anything else you want to talk about? <sighs> yeah. No, nothing. I can't think of anything, but you okay, know, it's, it's up to you. I think I'm all right. Okay. I'm. I worry a little that I talked as much as, if not more, than you. No, but I think it is my a, program. No, yeah, you're you're the host. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, come if you're in the New York area. Come see us in a show together. Yeah, absolutely. He's playing Benedict, and I'm playing Dogberry in Much Ado About Nothing. Come see it. Yay. Hopefully this airs before we're, we're done. <laughs> it will. Yeah. Um, so, That's thanks. with the Fools and Kings project, by the way. They're very good They're people. They're very good. Look them up. Mm-hmm.
Okay. Goodbye. Thanks for having me on. Yep. Thanks for doing it. You cannot be